friends, are you listening to CBJRadio.com? It's a free internet radio station based in Wyoming. Brand new shows every day. Shows ranging from hip-hop to rock to all independent artist shows to Friday Night Request Show. And don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All right, folks, got to get a little uh, personal here. How many of you tried to unclog a kitchen drain? I've regretfully tried chemicals and I'd eventually replaced the PVC piping, but it was probably due for a change. I have tried snaking the drain hole in the wall all the way to the end of my 25 foot auger. I really never felt that soft feeling that they would say I felt if I was going through a clog. I felt the corners turn, but I never felt that soft feeling of something being clogged there. I even went on my roof to see if the air vent was working. I got suction in the hole when the toilet was flush like they said I would, it was good. Is it time for a plumber? I'm pretty sure the PVC drain pipes are set up correctly, but is there a pitfall I should be looking out for in the install when you replace all that piping? What about trying a Drain King water spray? Would that work? Stick that in the back hole, uh, see if it cleans out. Uh, I've seen videos on it. Would that work? Has anybody done that? Once again, should I just call a plumber? Private message me on the Facebook page, all my friends with Justin Flaskroot, or text or call me if you know me. I could use any sort of guidance on this one. Uh, I think I have it all set up right. Um, I bet I'm going to be calling a plumber here shortly. Now, today's guest, Aaron Ocampo, actually, he gave me some plumbing advice while we did our before we did our interview. I've always been impressed with Aaron's strike while the iron is hot approach to life. I've seen him wear many hats in life from being a brother, being a dad, a husband, a friend, an investor, a farmer, an on-call worker. I even watched him build a house. So let's get to the interview. He's got a great life story. Born in Beloit, Kansas, raised in the Midwest, between Nebraska and Kansas. So more of a Nebraska boy now. More of Nebraska. So how long did you spend in Kansas before you became that that Nebraska guy? Uh, so probably till about uh, real young. Um, till I, I went to kindergarten in Kearney, Nebraska. So then we were in Nebraska for a few years after that. Not a whole lot of time. Um, yeah. I'd say maybe a total of five to six years because uh, going back and forth. And then because we weren't even before kindergarten, we, we moved to California for probably a year and a half, too. Wow. So lived around San Francisco in that area. Martinez. Did where, your, where, your, yeah. Oh, sorry. Did your did your parents meet in Kansas? Um. Yes. My mother and my real father, we'll call him, met. Yeah. Yep. I think mom just graduated high school and uh, they met in uh, Downs. Okay. And then uh, they separated and she also met the other guy that was our uh, <laughs> stepdad in, in Downs. So, yeah. So, what do you, I mean, did they, they met right after high school and was it like instantaneous? here comes Aaron or was it like a year or two? Uh, no, it was a, it was a few years. My, my mom had a, had me when she was 20. So she was, you know, at least a year out of high school before she got uh, oh, yeah. 
pregnant. And uh, so I'm not real sure when she met him. And I'm not real sure, sure the laws back then, whether <laughs> she was going to bars, you know, there it was legal at that age, you know, 18 yeah. or what. That was quite a few years ago. But think- uh, so I'm not real sure where they met because he really wasn't a big part of our life uh, yeah. when we were young. So, so. And you didn't say really we, get to know him a whole lot. And you say we. Yeah. So you have a sibling, I take it. Uh, how how much older than you are, are in your sibling are you? Uh, I'd say I'm a year and a half older. I was born in seven, December of 78, and she was born in June of 80. So a year and uh, four months, or no, five months, six months, somewhere in there. Yeah. So yeah, a year and a half. So growing yeah, up. Sister. Yeah, yeah, I was a little sister. Growing up, uh, that close in age. I mean, my my family. Where there's nobody in my family that's even remotely close to that age to me. Yeah. Older sister, six years. Stepsister, four. Younger sister, eleven years. So I have no, all <laughs> sisters. I, I have no idea what it's like to to grow up with a sibling like that. It, it was some either I was like another child to my older sister, or I was another parent to my younger sister. So yeah. were you guys like freaking frack? Um, was she always uh, following you around? Was she oh, part of the crew? We were, we raised each other. Okay. We raised each other. Um, I got all my good attributes from her and she probably got all her bad attributes from me. So <laughs> we raised each other. We did well. Um, I don't remember a lot of bad times between us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were kids. We fought a little bit, a little jealousy of somebody getting more attention than the other. Just because that's what we do, but you know, kids or siblings do. But no, we uh, we would have never got that got through any of our life if we didn't have each other. I honestly believe that. So, well, that's good. I, I, I definitely, when my parents divorced, uh, six years old. I mean, my dad was still around, but um, I mean, we're in the same town. But I mean, it's that see him on the weekends or one night a week, and. Uh, it was a lot of leaning on my older sister because my mom just was trying to hold it down, working a lot, more than three, couple jobs. Um, allegedly, my dad was playing child support. I don't recall all that. Um, there, those times were a little difficult, and I think I, I glommed on my older sister for sure. Um, she raised me a lot. I, I, I mean, there's a lot of life that I remember where everyone's like, "You're the best brother and sister." And then everybody would turn around mm-hmm. and she'd like smack me. And I mean, like, <laughs> like it was just well, keep you in like line. behind yeah. those doors. She ruled with a tight fist. And uh, until I was about 12 years old and then I got big and she went to college and we were about even mm-hmm. as far as she couldn't really push me around anymore. And so what you only made it through about kindergarten in Kansas. And then you went up to Nebraska. Where did you end up in Nebraska? Uh, at like the first time, like we, sure. we, uh, like I said, I lived in car living. We oh, went, car. went to in Kearney. The reason why we were in Kearney was, uh, mom was going through, uh, nursing school, getting her college there and, uh, going through, going to, uh, UNK there. And when she got through them classes there, then we moved to uh, Concordia, Kansas, where she finished and got her nursing degree at cloud County community college in, in, uh, uh, Concordia, Kansas. And, uh, Lived there a few years, made our few little trips there in Kansas. By the time I was in uh, the middle of my seventh grade year, we moved to Humboldt, Nebraska, and been in Nebraska ever since. 
So I don't even know what year that would be. I just know it was the middle of seventh grade. So I, I, I moved um, to Laramie, Wyoming in eighth grade, and it was a world changer. Yeah. I'll say that. Oh, yeah. From the suburb of Portland, Oregon yeah. to this town was a world yeah. changer. I was not happy. I was not I uh, a good kid after that. I had a year or two where I was kind of havoc. Yeah. Did yeah, and it's crazy. So. So doing that, you know, I mean, all, all little towns are pretty similar, whether it's Kansas, Nebraska, there's not a whole lot of difference. Um, yeah. People are mostly the same. Every place I was, people were good, except for where I got treated the worst because of my, my race and my build, you know, I was a little chubby kid. Um, Smith Center, Kansas was tough. Yeah. Some of the kids were tough, you know, but, but it didn't define me, you know, I just use that as fuel learning how to adapt to people, read people, get into the next school. Um, did some dumb things trying to, to uh, make friends, making poor decisions, trying to impress them. Uh -huh. Actually uh, did something really stupid and uh, got caught for it and, and uh, learned a valuable life lesson because one of the guys turned out to be, uh, he was a pretty big fella, had a pretty big uh, belly. He was like the... Uh, kind of the like a ag teacher type deal and uh -huh. i think he was like uh maybe the pe teacher too i can't remember if he was but uh pretty big guy and somebody dared me to write you know he was a lard ass or something on the board and i did it and of course i got busted and talking to him and getting to know the guy i've never felt worse in my life because that guy turned out to be a pretty damn good guy and still is to the day he ended up being my baseball coach and and uh but uh you know, you learn there that people are going to, Hey, there's a new guy, but we can get him to do something stupid. And of course I was ready there. I was there to impress him to, to fit in, you know? I understand. But, well, I'd, yeah. I had some bullies in Oregon I grew up with and all, and I was kind of mad that my other friends didn't defend me. So I just kind of removed myself and we lived on like an acre of like forest too behind my mm -hmm. house. And I just went, I'm going to build a four places to hide the bodies. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to build a fort over here. You can't come over. You can't come on my land. And I'm going to build the coolest thing ever. And I went over yeah, the friends. You know, I almost was like, I went, I went over the friends that didn't defend me. But the other guys, I wanted to, I was like, I should have went over them first. The guys that were bullying yeah. me. And then let my friends come in that weren't there for me. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. That, I mean, Oregon seemed, I mean, oh, it, to me, it just seemed like the greatest, funnest times growing up. And then I come to Laramie and I kind <laughs> of run with some friends of my parents' friends, their kids. And uh, we didn't make the best decision sneaking out at night, uh, getting oh, yeah. in trouble. I remember, sorry, Laramie, we, we went stuck out at night and stole gas caps for some dumb reason. <laughs> did not, did not like vandalize anything, just took gas yeah. caps. And it became like a police, like, look out for this thing. <laughs> And I, my it's friend got caught eventually. I think he was sneaking out of my house and we didn't go. We were camping in the backyard and he got caught by police. They brought him back to my house and yeah, <laughs> not good times then. I mean, bad decisions. Yeah. Well, what's, what's dumber? Yeah. 
stealing yeah. gas caps or stealing Christmas bulbs out of people's Christmas lights yeah, on their I, trees I mean, and I've houses that and too. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. It's like, you know, looking back, I was like, man, I'd have been so pissed if somebody was stealing my light bulbs. Oh, you know? <laughs> I deserve gas caps to be taken out of my car. I understand the okay. karma of that. And I think I might have touched some Christmas lights too. So I understand that I didn't put up Christmas lights outside until this year was the very first time. Cause I remember like me, they probably were doing stuff. Yeah. And so, and you know, so yeah, I mean, I guess we could have gone into worse things, um, but we didn't. Oh yeah. um, Yeah. And stuff like that. So once you got like settled down, like in Nebraska, um, what kind of like activities were you? Did you play sports? Were you good at school? Uh, what oh, you occupy? My life was sports, man. Yeah, that's all my life was was sports and uh, social. You know, friends, yeah. girls. You know, yeah. that's all it was. Was sports. That's all I. I still. That's all. I mean, <laughs> to go back to Smith Center for a second. Okay. You know, I yeah. said it was a little rough there. I'll I'll never regret that. I'll <laughs> never because what that does is. Those tough times taught you how to deal with tough things. Yes. You know, although, you know, my life was pretty tough growing up. Yeah. All about it. But that was something I could actually control and handle and uh, be able to, with myself, work through that and everything and did things to, to uh, defend myself, you know, yeah. at, at that age and stuff. So getting back there, but so getting to, to Nebraska, yeah, it was, it was different because coming from what was there, which was rough. And quickly becoming friends with a lot of kids, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, a lot of good friends in Humboldt um, to this day still. And uh, just, it was all sports. And and that's what, at our age, at that time, that's what we connected through. Now it's a little different, you know, with my kids, you know, it's different. Yeah. They, it's, yeah, they got their friends, but it ain't out, let's go grab a glove and a ball and go play catch or let's grab a basketball and go shoot hoops. It's a different world now. And it's yeah. so sad because of that. But same time, you know, that's what, you know, I just love the hell out of sports. And I had a little sister that was pretty good at it too. So we could play together, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, there was sports. I think sports um, definitely for me, even though my family is all educators. Uh, my mom yeah. worked at the university. My dad, stepdad worked at the university. My dad and stepmom, retired teacher or educators at the time. Uh, I felt like education was important, but I know a lot of people that got totally hammered by their parents because of education. I wasn't yeah. in that boat. And uh, so, and I'm also left-handed and I didn't know any left-handers until maybe high school. So I had to mirror everybody and I, my mom refused yeah. to let them change me. So I was be a step behind in a lot of things as far as like handwriting, spelling, because I was just trying to figure it out how to do with my yeah. left hand. And uh, f- football, you could always spot me because I stood in a left-handed stance. I was the only one <laughs> that had the left-handed out. And I still today, I'm very dominant left-handed. I never, I mean, I can like putt and maybe bat the other side, but um, yeah, it was a, it was sports were a big thing. And, and because I was good, I think initially at soccer, weirdly enough, yeah, was a really good soccer player. And I tell the story a lot. I played it till sixth grade. And I was like, I'm going to quit soccer so I can watch morning cartoons, you know, and <laughs> didn't became a wrestler, wrestled like Greco Roman wrestling, not pro, like my favorite stuff. And yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and wasn't good at it, did not enjoy it that much. Maybe did it two more years, but one year I was like knocked out with chicken pox, but it was like, 
why did I quit <laughs> soccer to do that? Like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and, wrestling's tough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was a lot of my grades really depended on eligibility. It was do enough yeah, yeah. to stay eligible. And yeah. I think in junior high, I was in, it was weekly. In, college, in high school, it's, it's semesterly, whatever. And I was out one game. And I was like, that will never happen again. And yeah. so it was just enough to raise that bar because I thought sports were my way out. Were my way yeah. out of Laramie, Wyoming. And yeah. I'm still here, but no, we're back again. But and so maybe you, you were in the same boat. I mean, maybe you were like, oh, absolutely. Sports my way out. Absolutely. I mean, that's the that was the end goal, right? If I would have just grew another three or four inches, maybe oh. my, you know, it, things might be a lot different than with it. Yeah. But I got no regrets. But um, I, I, I'm with you there. So one of the schools I went through in, in Concordia, Kansas, they wanted to move me. I think I was in second grade and they wanted to move me to fourth grade. Um, oh. He's a pretty smart kid. And uh, I, my mom wanted to do it. And I begged her, no, because my only thought was sports. Yeah. No. If I'm in that class and I'm this young, they aren't going to let me play sports, you know. So I begged her, no. And she didn't. Um, and I think that messed with my mind a little because one of my regrets through school is I didn't apply myself more because I think things would have been a little different there too, but I didn't want to, I don't know. I think it just got in my mind. If I do too good, then things aren't going to go the way I want them to go. <laughs> and I didn't want it to change. You know, that's what I think was kind of part of it, but I don't know who knows what would have been different. Um, so yeah, it goes back to sports yeah. there. And and I did all through high school. I, I did my work. I did. I have very rarely ever took homework home, but what was, was to read because I don't know if it's ADD or what it is. I might have to read a page about five times before I finally understand what's going on because I'll be reading it yeah. and something will click. And there I am thinking about that, reading three pages. All of a sudden it's like, what the heck did I just read? You know, got to go back and read it again. So I that's agree. uh that's about the hardest thing about school for me there was there was doing the literature stuff as far as reading and doing reports and stuff but um i had no problems i'd take a test and pass it you know without any problems just getting by you know i had a's and b's and wasn't gonna get any better i wish i would have um i but you never know looking back i at my body right now and the sounds it makes from playing all those sports and being <laughs> the hell out of it. Um, I, I really am like, I wish I would applied myself more in school or understood how yeah. important it was to learn certain things during that time period where it took me to learn well into college, how to be a good student and, and stuff like that. And so I, I was, I'm disappointed now, but I wouldn't trade any of those those memories, those sports, those, every single injury I had, um, was from some sort of sport and I wouldn't trade it anything. I'm nothing touch wood. Nothing is like surgery wise right now. Good to go. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it, but I was like, man, I wish I would have studied more or at least understand or take different classes or gone a different route. As far as my education went a little bit, maybe put more attention to it. Uh, you know, my mom would just be like, well, you're the only one that will suffer the consequences. Like mm-hmm. every action I was con- like, I never stayed up. Oh, late. Yeah. I was beat tired. And she's like, oh, you're staying up late. You know, you have to get up for school. Oh, yeah. 
right? You know, you know, you got to study to play football. Oh yeah, you're right. You're the one that's mm-hmm. responsible. She kind of pushed that at me, but it was only enough to for me to get by. I had a friend that his birthday was in November, beginning of November, and they wanted to. Um, he wanted to stay back a grade because he always felt so young. He's one of the smartest dudes I knew growing up. Like, and so when he moved from Oregon, I mean, not from Oregon, he moved from Portland to Eugene. He actually stayed back a year. And I was like, did you feel like you were among idiots? Like Sheldon on big bang. Like, <laughs> did you feel like, like yeah. that? And I wonder if that kind of played into your situation. If they went to bump you up two grades, you're kind of like, well, fucking smart for my grade so you know yeah. i don't maybe have to apply as much yeah yeah that could have been i mean i loved reading yeah it, it, when i was young nice. so i read a lot you know and what drove that is book it remember book it no what's book with it? pizza hut oh that's the last so if you read so many it. yeah so with book it with pizza hut if you read so many uh books and did so many I think you just read so many books. You, you got you kept it through school that they would give you a uh, uh, like a I think it was like a bookmark type thing. Yeah, the certificate you take to present Pizza Hut and you get a free small personal pizza. Oh. So you know that was like, well, you know, you didn't have hundred million fast food restaurants. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. in in that time, you know, so it was all Pizza Hut was a big deal back then, you know, and. Uh, so that was uh, that was that must have been kind of a Nebraska thing, I think, and, and I guess they still do it to this day. But it sounds um, familiar. But if yeah. pro- if it was in Wyoming, it probably happened before I got here. As far as yeah, like, yeah. schools and stuff like that, I don't think yeah. we had it in junior high and high school by any means. But, we had like a yeah. Scholastic Book Fair thing. Yeah, I mean everybody had books. that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that one. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Return of the Jedi came yeah. out. And the book came out before the movie, but and my and we would not open the book until we saw the movie. But all the front page yeah. was the front book was Luke Skywalker with a green green lightsaber, and that was just <laughs> mind blowing. Not to open that book, and I did. I kept it real. Did not open it until yeah. I saw Jedi because I was like, I'll be so out yeah. of out of it. I won't, or I'll spoil yeah. it all. You know, and it's a, that that time period where. God, Jedi came out was like nine or ten, like perfect yeah. suspended reality for me and everything. So that's why I'm a huge <laughs> Star Wars fan. And so yeah. but kept it real with that book. And so you big reader, were you ever into other activities? I got into like some drama stuff. I was in marketing, um, clubs and things. No, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot of money, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up. Um and then, you know, another part of that is how much we moved. You couldn't really ever get settled somewhere and know what actually was going on, you know? So no, never, never really got into, I mean, I did plays when we were in, uh, uh, Gaylord, Kansas. Yeah. The school we went to there for, it was a, it was an interesting school. So it had like K through six, the kindergarten first were joined classes, second, third joined fourth, fifth, and sixth were joined. I think is how it was. And uh, somewhere in there, maybe K through two was joined because there were joined classes. But so like in fourth grade from there, I think maybe I moved there a fourth grade year, might have been fifth grade. But I did, we did uh, uh, plays and stuff and that was fantastic. I enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and I wish I would have been able to stick through that, but it just interfered with sports, you know, getting into high school, junior high and high school. So never really got involved with it anymore. Um, loved it because also with T and I, or yeah, T and I raising each other, the TV helps raise us. You know, I mean, my oh, mom was yeah. a wonderful woman, but she, she worked, you know, she had to provide because the other half wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, so she's worked a lot of, a lot of hours to, to provide for us. And, uh, she had a good big hand in raising us too, but it was a lot of it. We were together and, and, uh, TV, you know, back then, I don't know if it's a bias thing. Cause I just, it's not that way no more. TV's not like that. You know, shows aren't like that anymore. Um, where you learn from it and they deal with actual living situations and not, you know, all these doctor movies and everything that don't apply to us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, that too. Yeah. It just, uh, as far as activities, it was all, it was mostly, like I said, all sports. Uh, we did roller skate. That was fun. Nice. You know, T and I out there roller skating all the time. Did you um, had your own stuff like that. Skates, right. I didn't. Oh, yeah. We oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they weren't meant to go to like uh an actual skating rink and skate with they were just like skating at the park you know big concrete slab we'd skate around the park there so i take that back we did have our own skates they were i remember the blue shoes and like oh yeah they were not necessarily what skateboard wheels in my yeah almost the the old school wheels before they got the the wax ones like the they uh-huh. but yeah um yeah, and they had an outdoor rink at the my my uh, elementary school. Like you could, it was way back in a field. And if yeah. you remember, it was out there. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there at school, you there was like, oh, we're gonna go roller skate today, and so we do that. Which outdoor yeah. in Oregon? What is that like? Five days a year, we can go skate. Like <laughs> raining half the time, most times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I I remember. Yeah, I got raised on a TV. It was interesting that my I lived between in a valley, and like literally like one side was the elementary school the other side was a junior it was a middle school and it it was a very it's a 45 mile hour road to live on is very you didn't play sports or anything on that it was scary kind of road and my mom would make me ride the bus home and all through the neighborhoods and i was the last stop and so it dropped me off on mm-hmm. the right spot of the street but it would waste time as my older sister was getting home from high school oh gotcha or, or, or middle school and everything and so I would sit at home and watch TV, but I would be on the phone with my mom until my older sister came through the door. And not always. Oh, yeah. That seemed to be like, I'd have to call my mom when I got home. Latchkey kids, I guess what they call me. Call me when I got home. Yeah. And then, then whatever three or four, you know, two o'clock cartoons were on, I was in. Rochelle got home, my older sister. And then, then it was whatever. She was the responsible one for six years older than me, whatever she was, <laughs> you know? And so... Uh, then I remember like growing up, you know, watching our programs and uh, with her, we loved pickles and we loved pineapple. Those were our like after school eats, like we, we chow down on. And, and so hopefully was, not together. No, no. I don't At think, the same so. time. I, I think it, there was a time period where like, I was not big into pineapple. I think I got sick while eating pineapple. And so yeah, that went yeah. away for a little while. Yeah. No, I enjoy it, but it was, and I don't think I was the, I know, like you were talking about. I don't think I was the only one that was that was being raised by the TV that was home a latchkey kid. Um, at least my mm-hmm. generation. I mean, I'm not that much older than you, but man, it was a generation of divorce. 
And so oh, yeah. I knew a, a lot of my well, yeah. Yeah. A lot of my friends, yeah. we were going through the same thing, you know, yeah. and we're like, well, let's go to your house. Your mom's not home, you know, kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So it was, it, it, it's interesting to think, wow, I survived on four TV channels and oh, my yeah. imagination. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was kind of fortunate enough that my dad and stepmom brought computers into their elementary schools. So they were big into computers. So I eventually had a Commodore 64, which everybody had Nintendos by then and everything. I was doing that, yeah. which was about the equivalent. It really wasn't that powerful. And I was learning a little bit about language. And that's kind of those things like I wish we had gone back and stuck with computer programming because be a gazillionaire by now. Mm. But I was like, hmm, I'll play sports. I want to be outside. Like that was my, <laughs> my drive. Like this yeah. is fun when it's rainy and shitty outside. I want to, yeah. Get, yeah. I, I want to be out there with my friends. And so, yeah, it was, it, I didn't even think about that for a long time. It gets brought up in this conversation about just growing up in oh, latchkey yeah. and stuff. And so once you got into high school, what were you like in high school? Still sports, still chasing oh, girls. Oh still, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was definitely sports and girls. That's, that was the only reason why I went to high school, you know, yeah. and friends, you know, yeah. um, I mean, honestly, this, the school was secondary, you know, it was just, I was there for everything else, the social of it, the sports. Uh, I loved everything about that. Um, I miss it. I don't know that I'd ever go back and do it again. You know, there, it wasn't tough. I had, a, I enjoyed high school. I enjoyed fall city. Um, I went my freshman year in Humboldt. I enjoyed that. And uh, I didn't want to move to fall city, but we needed to for mom because she was driving back and forth. And uh, so we did that. And uh, I'm glad we did. You know, I hated it. Absolutely hated it at the time. But what drove me there, what drove me in it was my concern was, competition you know my first thought sports yeah. so competition because it was a twice the size of town you know and i was like man i don't know if i'll ever get to play so it made me make myself better you, you know and that's what was great about it and uh and then you know tom uh, my real good friend tom i knew him before i moved to full city and he helped make that transition so much better you know because he knew everybody and was friends with everybody so it just um it, it was great you know uh I don't know, somewhat popular, not, you know, not the greatest, but I mean, I got along with everybody, treated everybody fair that could have people tell me I didn't, but um, I never intended to make them think I didn't, you know, so. Yeah. How big were your. So they crossed me. And then, How big was their graduating oh, class? <laughs> oh, I'm not even a hundred percent sure, but I think it was like somewhere from 130 to 150 people, oh, you know, wow. not real big. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty, maybe, yeah, it just seems like that's somewhere in there, the number, not a hundred percent sure. Um, I don't think the town's as big as it was when we were there because yeah. I think some of the businesses have left, but it's still pretty good sized town. And uh, um, I think at that time when we were there, there was like 6,800 people there or something like that. Maybe okay. more than that. I don't even remember. Somewhere in there. Not real big, but big enough. Perfect. Where you knew everybody. Everybody knew you. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went from and like the thing about five. Yeah, sorry. Well, I was just yeah, I was just gonna say about Full City too. So you had the public school. There was also a Catholic school. Uh-oh. So 
and it was, you know, quite a bit smaller. They might've had like a 30 to 40, uh, graduating class, you know, but in that area, it's the Southeast corner of Nebraska. So that was a pretty big rural area for kids to come in and go to, you know? So it, it drew a lot of kids, not just from Fall City, but from outside of it, too. I went from Big Pond, suburb of Portland, Oregon, to, and I can't remember how many people, like 500, a ton in each class. And now, and then Laramie was 300, which to a lot of people, I mean, the state of Wyoming and in some Nebraska, they're like, wow, that's huge. That's my graduating class was right around 300. I don't, I didn't know them all. Still don't to the day. Sorry. Uh, I try every once in a while to catch up with them. We have a county fair that happens every summer. So that's always the time where people catch up. And then there are people that never want to even anything to do with high school, never come back, never see them. But I'm like, Oh, they're in the yearbook, but I've never seen their face since high school. And, uh, but yeah, it was, I, it was interesting because I always felt everybody knew my business too, uh, coming from a bigger place. And then it was a small, small, big fish, small pond scenario here in Laramie that, Mm -hmm actually kept me out of a lot of trouble uh i noticed that with all that my athlete friends that i played sports with i loved winning with them but i didn't like hanging with them all that much yeah uh, my best friend in high school is a bass player in a band uh he's a band guy we did computer stuff at night yeah i kind of we chased girls as much as we could as being nerdy as we could but i really <laughs> feel the popularity or even like oh who you are until my senior year which was I excelled at football time and that bam, I'm on everybody's radar. And I was like, I've been playing with sports mm-hmm. with you for the last five years. <laughs> and suddenly you, you care. And, uh, and maybe, yeah. it was me, maybe people set me straight. Um, I had like a, and a senior girlfriend too, that played all the sports and everything like that. And I was in president of DECA. Like my senior year was like the, maybe the run reason. I'm like, ah, oh, Laramie's not that bad. Yeah. Like, There's not a bad place to be. And it changed my attitude about the place and everything. And, but I was always like, I was always me for the last five years, but you guys could care less until yeah. this moment. And there was almost a moment like on a bus trip or something that I about snapped at like popular kids for that kind of stuff. They'd be like, oh, oh yeah, you're rude, right? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I've been there for a while. And so it's, and, and I got the, and people later on in life were like, man, I see you walking down the hall and I was just, you were intimidating and scared. I was just scared of you. And I was just like, wow, not the vibe I was really trying to put out. Like not. Yeah. That's yeah. It's exactly what, you know, they're like, man, you always just look like you want to kill somebody. Yeah. Honestly, you know, just, just kind of thinking about a little, I don't, I don't know that I was ever like my true self in high school. I, uh, a lot of it was a blur because yeah. I, I ain't going to lie. I, I drank a lot of beer, okay. you know, <laughs> drink a lot of beer. Um, so I don't know if I, you know, I had, there was, a, there was a lot of issues there. Um, not with the town or the people. It was just internal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I don't know that I was ever, I don't know. It was just a blur. It was like all yeah. just, it all happened so quick, you know, it really did. It went so quick. And, and, uh, um, yeah, I, it, I, it, it was interesting. <laughs> I, I, Go ahead. Like the, the, it seemed like 
the first two we were we were just sophomores and juniors in high school and seniors in high school is it technically a senior high and uh the first two years seemed like a struggle uh, it was i both on the field both on in classrooms and it was finding that who i am uh, about me and everything and then it was like almost like how senior year should be everything came into place everything yeah. was was yeah. like perfect like how it should have happened and That's awesome. it was probably because of the work i did earlier like sports oh, yeah. and 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 actually yeah. got a lot of classes out of the way so i could really blow off my senior year like i didn't have that hard yeah class, by any means that's um, kind of where it was too yeah yeah and like i mean i was i'll say i like advanced marketing but i was like people don't know what it it took to be in that class it wasn't that hard it just sounds hard i didn't take physics i didn't take super hard calculus i, I took enough to get yeah. by um yeah, and I just didn't see that being something I needed when I went on to later in college and stuff. But good because I didn't need it for my major. That was all right. Um, yeah, I mean, like once I realized like a broadcasting major, like we didn't have to have math or science, big like it was easy. Like my math class, yeah, my algebra class, it was open book tests. I was like, I'll see you during tests. I knew that <laughs> I knew algebra already. I was like, I'll see you during tests. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, but it wasn't required a whole lot beyond that. Um, statistics is a little more difficult, but that played into our calm research class. So it all went together. Yeah. I understood it later, not time why I needed it so much. Uh, yeah. So once you were done with high school, what, what, what was the plan? Uh, I went to college for a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, so right when I graduated, I went and went to Salina, Kansas and helped build houses with my uncle, frame houses, nice. do stuff like that. Um, I uh, wanted to get that going. I did that. Started college in the fall. The thing about high school, like our senior year, we're talking about kind of took it easy. Yeah. Um, I wasn't so much taking it easy. I had all the classes I needed done my junior year. So senior year, my classes I were taking were like college credit classes that I didn't pay for because we didn't have nothing to pay for it. So it was just a big, honestly, a big waste of time. Um, went through all that and uh uh, when I got to college, I already had already done it all and thought that was a waste of time. So I left college, went back and uh, worked for a little bit at the grocery store. I worked through high school and, uh, and then went and framed houses again, did uh, did a little uh, working at a grain elevator, um, agriculture, you know, which I did all through high school, too. Uh, you know, a lot of not a lot of involved farming, just like walking crops and pulling weeds and cutting weeds out of it and uh, throwing a bunch of hay bales, a lot of hay bales, did a lot of that stuff. Um, and then, so I uh, started, you know, I was like, I gotta, I gotta make some real money. I gotta get insurance. I gotta, you know, yeah. start. I don't know if, what it was, but I was driven to have a, a family pretty early in life, you know, in my mind. So I wanted to get kind of set up there and get going on that and, and uh, applied and applied for a lot of railroad jobs and finally got one at 18 years old or 19 and uh uh it was a foot in the door but you know as a, a glorified janitor for the railroad there in lincoln so wow as in glorified janitor i was considered a, a labor shop labor that i uh cleaned locomotive cabs cleaned facilities did things like that you know so it was just got paid really good to, to clean things you know and uh use that and um the one thing through my life that from uh uncles and uh 
positive influences in my life, I, I developed a good work ethic for my grandfather. Um, oh, yeah. At a young age, he had me, uh, he always, he, he was in the kind of construction stuff too, you know, uh, didn't frame houses or build houses or nothing, but he painted houses. He did a, a bunch of maintenance type work for, for the city of Downs and stuff like that. And uh, so he'd have uh, on his places that he lived, he always had a pretty big yard, you know, pretty big uh at least at that age it seemed pretty big yeah. with uh had a pile of bricks hey Aaron I want you to move the pile of bricks from here to there well the next week I had to move them back uh, and I'm like why am I doing this grandpa he's like because you're learning what needs to be done if it needs to be done it's going to get done you know and taught me how to work at a young age so doing that I've always busted my ass if I want to get somewhere in the next position you know and and uh I did. And then, and I, I got through, uh, two years as being a labor and, and got myself into, uh, uh, signal, uh, department, which is, you know, the electronics out on the track and actual trade and, uh, got through all that and I'm still there. So, wow. yep. So there's a lot of partying in there. There's a lot of partying in there too, along the way, uh, our good friend, John, you know, yeah. Oh yeah quite the influencer <laughs> john was a uh, guest on the podcast earlier in the season if you guys want to check that oh out. yeah yeah i'll john have to Wisman, check that out people, go check out that podcast uh john wayne wisman john wayne wisman john wayne yeah, it took a long time for me to actually know his last name but oh yeah like yeah, i was always calling him john wayne forever uh and still yeah. that's kind of the thing yeah, the, the uh, dude's uh one of the best guys i know he's always been there for me um did a lot of stuff growing up together. The funny thing about John was his cowboy phase. That was the best. So he had that name. Oh yeah. Cowboy. That's why I called him a lot was cowboy. You, you never seen anything till you saw at that. Well, by the time he finally got that car, he finally grew up. <laughs> senior year, he had one of them uh, early, like weird looking Mustangs that looked like a Pino. And, uh, Big old tall dude sitting there with a big old cowboy hat, all cowboyed out in a pimp in a in a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. It was good times. He'd have done well here in Laramie. That that was a major look. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Um yeah. I never got into that phase. I because I, I didn't know that he was in that phase. And I think I saw one of his tattoos and I was like, why oh yeah, the Brahma Bull. Yeah, and he was like, calm the rock. My, my cowboy phase. And I was like, what? Cowboy phase. <laughs> And so I was like, he's like, what you never had? I was like, I even grew up a Wyoming cowboy and never wore cowboy boots, cowboy hat, anything like that. <laughs> it was just never, the boots never really fit me right. Um, I look good in a cowboy hat. Oh, just, yeah. The style I'm into. I have a big head, so it takes like yeah. a huge cowboy hat. <laughs> Go on. 20 gallon, I don't know what you call them, but yeah. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, we all have those good friends. The old hoss hat. Yeah. <laughs> we all have those good friends that. Yeah, that are great, and they're still friends. The day probably got us in a lot of trouble, but also have been for that us, oh, yeah. you know, at any given moment. So it's always good to develop, you know, that early in life because you got. I mean, I have best friends. Well, from my childhood, I grew up in Oregon, and a couple that we went to high school together we didn't come friends till college. And now we're like, I always say, there's people you help move, and there's people you help move a dead body. So yeah. those are the people I help move dead bodies. So I mean. <laughs> it's the same people i don't actually have I've never well i have but uh it's another story 
but uh, yeah, <laughs> that on the download. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so you're excelling up the railroad track. Um, I do remember hearing stories of you managing a band. But I want to hear. Yeah, I managed a band. So getting back to them partying days, right? Yeah, it's where I've met a lot of people in my life. There you go. Um, and uh, was at a party. Met this guy, uh, long-haired beauty, <laughs> and he was a pretty dude. Dude looked like a lady, right? Uh, no. And uh, he was a he was a real good dude, uh, real good guy. We uh, hit it off right away. Uh, found out he was in a band. Uh, went and checked out their band. And at the time, he wasn't uh, singing for him. He was their lead guitarist. And this band was phenomenal musically. Yeah, they had a guy singing who's a real good. I mean, he was a uh, one of the originating members of the band, um, poor guy couldn't sing, you know, it just, it was, it was tough. Um, until I actually, they had a, they, he, you know, they asked them, you know, to, to stop singing and he didn't want to. So they asked him to leave the band. And so they had a little going away party or show with him as a lead singer. And, and, uh, he actually sang a cover song and was freaking phenomenal. So I don't know if it was, yeah, I was like, holy cow, you know, and because uh, I became really good friends with them and and uh, kind of like, you guys got to do something else. You guys musically are freaking fantastic. Uh, you got to get a singer, you know, and then he sang the, uh, I don't even remember what song it was. Um, and it was just, it blew me away. I was like, where's this been? You know, is it because it's original? You don't know what to do or what it was, you know, because they were original songs they were playing. And because uh, I'd never heard them sing it because when I saw them, they were opening gigs or opening shows for bands. So they had like a 15 minute playset playlist. So they just played three songs, you know, of their own. So it was just like musically, you guys are freaking phenomenal, you know. And anyway, so Ryan became their singer. And oh, my goodness, that could that kid sing. And he's one that did grow up in. So I, I don't know, it kind of it's what's real interesting about Ryan uh singing for that band um just getting to know him and uh what what's the stock he comes from he's got great parents but their mom is really into the arts i'm not real sure if she was uh some sort of instructor or nothing so these kids kind of grew up there's there's uh ryan's the oldest and he has a sister and a younger brother the younger brother is phenomenal as an actor in arts and stuff like that and does you know i don't i don't know that he does anymore i think he had a you know accept it and, and be, you know, providing for his family. Right. But I mean, they did that. They did, they went down to Kansas city and worked at like worlds of fun for uh, a few years, you know, doing all their plays and stuff like that. And so just the influence the mom put in these kids, like Ryan could pick up a guitar. He could pick up any he taught himself how to play a guitar, piano, everything, you know, he could just uh, play stuff. You know, he just taught himself a real gifted, talented artist and uh, getting to know him. It's just, it's, it's amazing. So eventually became real good friends with the band. They had a manager at the time. She uh, had to relocate for work purposes to, you know, which was too far away. And I was like, like, we got to find a manager. And I was like, well, what do they do? They just, well, they pretty much book our shows. I was like, I'll do that. I, Cause at the time met my wife, um, we hadn't been married yet. Um, which she was really good friends with a lot of DJs at the local rock radio station, which, you know, in turn, I kind of became friends with them too. 
So there were some connections there and uh, not a, you know, not a lot that took us a lot of places, but enough to get them played on local radio and get some shows that they sponsored and stuff like that. So I was able to book them shows and I don't even know how many years I did it. Quite a few, you know, we did but quite a few shows. They went down to Texas. Things were going good. Um, real good. And then people just kind of grew up, got married, found other interests as far as uh, stuff that the band, because the band, um, they were really good. I don't know, probably five or six albums, you know, little uh, demos they put out. Um, but uh, just kind of hit a point where they weren't really willing to travel no more. Um, it was just kind of getting, and I'm not, they weren't all in agreement with that. So with that, that time they were together, there was a lot of alcohol drinking, <laughs> no drugs. They were a drug free band. You know, that's kind of what they, they, the money they made went right into the band fund provided for the next stuff. Um, I didn't get paid nothing. I didn't do it for pay. I did it for fun and hanging out with them, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I had a great wife, you know, as it led into being married and, uh, she allowed me, it was tough on her, I'm sure, but we got through it. And, uh, Ryan just kind of had other, well, we all know how league singers can become. So he just, you know, it just, it just it evolved into, it was tough. So yeah. the band disbanded in 2009 okay. and uh, been searching for that sound ever since, I guess. So, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting time. It was a lot of fun. It really was. Saw a lot of bands, met a lot of bands. It's honestly, there were a few uh, dickheads along the way. Um, old, uh, Jesse James Dupree for uh Jackal, he's a little tough to get along with. I bet you know. Um, but we played a lot of shows with them. Um, a lot, a lot of other bands we met, even modern new bands, um, you know, in that genre were really good people that we played with. So it was pretty cool. So, gonna yeah. watch back. You met yeah. you, you met your wife. How did yeah. that go down? How'd oh that man, go? that was that was a that was a fun little fun little deal. So I had a friend I worked with. Um, he really wanted to get me down to this bar to meet this girl he likes. It's like, all right, I'll go with you. You know, we were drinking. We got off work and we've been drinking at my place and didn't shower nothing. Still dirty from work. We went down to this bar and uh, he introduced me and I just, you know, said hi. I didn't really because I knew he liked her. So I didn't really wasn't interested. And uh, well, I guess I turned on my charm. And, as we were leaving, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty liquored up. Man, she got us drunk. That's one good thing. Got us drunk. Um, outside the bars, downtown Lincoln, pretty. I don't know if you ever got to experience that, really. it's uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun when we were younger. But by the time you were 23, you were too old. <laughs> you were too old for the scene. Because it's all just college kids. It's just... Three blocks of bars on both sides of the street are just kids going from one bar to the other, you know. And uh, so I walk outside, and there's a chili, chili cheese corn dog or what? Chili cheese dogs stand, guy selling them, starving, hadn't eaten nothing, just been drinking all night, eat one. And she comes out, you know, and uh, you know, I was like, oh, it better be nice, you know, wipe my face, and, and said it was nice to meet her. 
well, that just that was uh that was it. <laughs> Chili cheese. She called up the guy that was interested in her. She called up the guy that was interested in her and asked for my number and uh pissed him off. But yeah, she was working. Working oh, okay. at getting us drunk. Yeah, but uh yeah, it just uh there it was, you know, met her at Sandy's on 14th and O in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep. I had been to those bars prior to meeting you and such. Um, but I was in my 30s. Oh, okay. I, I knew exactly what you're talking about. I mean, but I was in my 30s. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm also in a college town too. And oh, it yeah. probably I probably should have stopped and not, not I just became a college DJ again after moving back <laughs> in late 20s. Um so I was like a good 10 years older than a lot of people. My patrons, they couldn't believe it half the time. They'd be like, what? You're how old? Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm about 10 years older than you. Right around 30 years yeah. old. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, 30 years old, I had a full-time job at the university and as a bar DJ. It was oh, yeah. appealed to a lot of people. And uh, yeah. But yeah, after a while, you're like, oh, college town. I understand um now i i love the summers living in a college town because they all go away and you can hang out and do a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that's when we actually will go out and hang out at bars and everything um just, i just it's i love the energy of a college town just not a big fan of hanging with college kids all the time and at this age now they yeah. could be my kid so i feel like I yeah gotta be some sort no of like responsible human being around them not like a drunken yeah. ass or anything and so, or they're my friends can <laughs> see me, you know, who knows that? So, oh, yeah, uh, and I am, yeah. and I employ nine, 10 students. So my yeah. creepiness does not happen in this town. I try to keep that behind closed doors. Yeah. So some other town. Um, so sorry, anybody that's trying to, to figure out me, <laughs> my employees, it doesn't happen. I had one employee ask me one time, it was a few years back. He was like, are you like a devout Christian? And I was, I just, died laughing i was like we didn't know dj rude and he's like no and i was like okay that's cool that my my reputation is kind of cleared up after stop bar dj in about 2010 i mean that was kind oh, of the yeah. last insistent times but i was like i can handle this i mean you can know me as dj rude on on cbj radio but it's it's not the wild dj rude of those yeah. days. that guy uh good is long retired which is all right. Yeah. It's good. I'm, I'm a 46 year old man. I don't need to be acting like that anymore. I don't, everyone's like, you should be a bar DJ again. And I'm like, no, never. I'd rather hire a bunch of guys to be bar DJs. You know, I'll find them, but I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to be an old dude in the corner. Play me some Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> I always yell free bird at everybody. But oh yeah. I, that <laughs> was uh that was the going joke with the band, you know, because they, you know, four hours they'd play. We'd book gigs for yeah. four hours, and it was an all original songs. There was a lot of good cover songs, yeah. you know. And yeah, it was just that was kind of the going joke. Play me some Skinner, you know, and you know somebody's always wanting that, and and uh, it was a good time, man. They were good. A lot yeah. of made a lot of friends through that too, you know. Speaking of the Skinner tour, where you at a? I do it all the time with bands, especially the ones I know. And they're like, whatever, rude. And I, we're in, uh, I was living in New York. We're in this bar in Amityville, New York, downtown, I think. And it was just a killer rainstorm. And I just saw this band in New York City, packed house called Strange Folk. There was maybe 50 people in the place. And so they're kind of just going through the motions, just kind of trying to get out of there. Oh, yeah. 
and then you got that lull and i'm like free bird and the guy goes <laughs> like does the beginning of it and then they go into this oh yeah, oh, I was yeah. Like, oh yeah oh yeah. i mean i'm glad That's they went cool. into song, but i thought it was cool that they actually obliged me a little bit um so yeah kids as you've yeah. you've alluded to when yeah. okay when did you get married okay so i met kim in 01 and that was right after i uh came to the signal department okay. um, for, on the railroad. Um, and I just turned 21 pretty much too, I think. And uh, was with her uh, till we got married in 2003. Um, I was 23. She was 25. She just graduated college. I think when I met her, where or was it? Yeah. Somewhere around in there graduated with her, her. I think she had two degrees at that graduation point. Um, and, uh, so we were together, had our, uh, had our adventures as far as, you know, breakups and makeups, you know, it just happens, you know, and that's how, you know, I mean, honestly, we got through it good and have been together ever since. So, and stay together till the end. What, what was yeah. the moment like when you were like, we're going to have a kid, like, I mean, oh. are you new? That she is pregnant. Like what? Uh, well, so there was, that's tough. Um, Cause there's been some miscarriages. Um, so the first one was pretty darn exciting. And that kid, um, or that, that opportunity, I don't know how far we ran to it, but it was pretty far where she ended up having a operation, you know, the mm-hmm. didn't make it. So it was uh, another, I think another year or so before we got Taven. So Taven was born in 09 or 08, 08. But she wanted to wait until I think she was 30 to start having kids. So we were together for five years before, you know, and I was I was good with that. You know, I wanted a kid, you know, right away, but I'm glad we waited. Most times. <laughs> now that we got Trexton, I wish we would have probably started sooner if we were gonna have four, but that's just kind of how it goes. So um, no, it just so yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the, the, the conversation was, I wanted, I wanted a freaking football team. You know, I wanted tons of kids and, uh, she's like, you're just stupid. We ain't having that many. And I was like, all right. (laughs) So we ended up, you know, it was just going to be three. And then we just both decided we're going to have one more. And, uh, so there's, uh, Lucy's eight and Trexton's four. There's a four year age difference there. So yeah, four years out of that last one. Which, you know, they all know that last one's our favorite. So <laughs> We don't, like, my sisters didn't admit that I was the favorite until much later in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they're all, they're all freaking good kids. They all are. We're lucky. So and they got the- their moments. So we got Taven, which is a name I've had for him since I was probably in eighth grade. Wow. You know, I thought I made it up and now I've, come across a lot of Tavens in this world. Taven, Trayson, which is a boy. Um, Lucille, we got my mother's middle name when my mother passed away. And uh, his mom passed away before we had decided to have Lucy. And uh, Kim always wanted a girl. I didn't want any. Just didn't want that. Damn, am I happy we had her. I love that girl to death, you know. And then we got Trexton, little monster. So, yep. Four kids. Four kids and two of you. Yep. 
they got you outnumbered. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So, of course, you know, railroad doesn't ever, you know, I, well, I, I could be home, but it was tough. Uh, with that job I was on being home, I had to try something different. And unfortunately, I haven't been able to get home since. So Kim's been, Kim's been uh, fantastic. It's been hard, but man, she's handled it great on one of the weekends. And I would have never left in the first place if there wasn't the opportunity to do what we're doing, the technology, the face-to-face, still be able to talk and be able to do this. And uh, yeah, so it just, you know, I've been, been a lucky guy. Four healthy kids and a wife that's just fantastic. So uh, that is that's great that that you know you feel that way at this age. Not a lot of dudes always are women. I mean, it's it's tough in life raising four kids, being apart a lot of the time for jobs and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I mean, it's luck. Yeah, we have this technology where we can I mean talk face to face a whole lot. Um, I is my living made my living doing this kind of like making sure this kind of yeah. stuff worked. I never really utilized it a whole lot on my own side until this podcast and, and everything. And now that we're in COVID and everything, it's just the way it is. And oh, so yeah. I was, I, cause I was like, Oh man, to go and sit in front of a camera and talk to like friends and family. I'm not, I do this. All, I don't, I make it happen. I don't do it all day. I, yeah. I used yeah. to have cameras on me all the time just setting things up. So I was like, uh, but I was like, yeah, I got to embrace the technology. And so we kind of pulled it out of me a little bit, the COVID and, the, and everything to make sure I check in with my parents and get them on, you know, see their faces. And we've done some holiday meetups and I've done some friends hangouts and stuff. So I embrace a little more. I, I mean, I guess it's, you know, put money in my pocket for a while. So I'm, I'm oh, now yeah. embracing it on this side of the podcast. And uh, the, originally it was going to be, uh, when I thought about doing this was I was going to travel around all my friends live around the United States. I was going to go see him, throw a mic in front of him, talk to him. And then the very first interview I did face to face. And then we got into uh, the pandemic and I was like, crap, there goes my podcast. No, wait, I got zoom. We could do this in zoom. Yeah. And the hardest technology yeah. to get around is terrible internet. And we got better internet yeah. about halfway through the season. And it just made a huge difference. And so uh, it's great to have it and everything. One last question for you. Here we go. This one? All right. Well, we probably will expand off this one. But this is out of the show. It's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude. How'd we meet? Oh, man. I don't even know if I remember. Jeez. No. (laughs) You're with one of the best pieces of my life, which is my little sister. And uh, I'm so thrilled about that, dude. Because yeah. she's happy and you treat her well. And I know I know how good you guys are for each other. So yeah, it's uh you're lucky enough to to uh to be to uh yeah. You're oh, both yeah. lucky. You okay. you're you're absolutely lucky you got each other because it works good. You know? Yeah. So I'm happy. Right. And uh yeah, you're like a bro. No, Just I wish know. you guys would tie that knot and make it official. But yeah, I I tell you know yeah. yeah. Nine years, clearly, she's good for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah she's been very good to me, and um, we're on the same track mindset. I mean, I I see a lot of these like memories and stuff and pop up on Facebook. I'm like, wow, can't believe that was like six years ago or five, you know, and everything. I do remember 
yeah. when the first time I went to your house in Laurel and we drove all night, we get up in the morning, you were waiting up for us. So I met you then, but Tia gets up You at the time you only have uh, Trayson and Taven and I get up, go into the living room and I think Trayson just gives me a hug right away. Yeah. Like right off. I wasn't it like, yeah, this is so-and-so and so. And it was just straight up hugging me. And I was like, well, this family seems pretty cool. Well, except to yeah. me right out, of, right out of me waking up. And so, yeah, yeah. I remember that aspect of, of it. And it's been, yeah, definitely still great memories ever since. And, um, oh, yeah. like, just, I mean, there's a whole more of this podcast I could go on about like your role in farming, uh, going to Nebraska yeah. games. There's just, there's just a lot more like yeah. cover, but I mean, mm. time-wise people tune out on us. And so yeah, we just, just might have to do another one sometime with uh we'll bring a little more entertainment in with it in with uh one of the little ones. We'll bring and, in uh, but yeah, I just uh you know, I just you know, getting back to uh Tia and you and, and that's what's great is is the understanding of how driven she is and how great she's doing and, and uh and not because it'd be easy to be kind of put off or intimidated by it. She's a pretty driven woman. Yeah, you know, and uh and it's just, it's, it's great, you know, that you're strong enough up there and in here to understand, you know, all that and everything. Cause it's just, I think that's where we both are is we're never going to let our, anybody that's involved with us be in the situation we were when we were younger, we're going to provide what we can yeah. and do the best we can to get, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, that's kind of where I think her mindset and my, my mindset are, you know, so. It was a, a different world to be introduced to the, the funeral business by, by, cause I knew mm -hmm. nothing. Um, but it all made sense once it unfolded to me. Yeah. It actually had, has um, changed my whole perspective on death. Oh, yeah. For, for the better, I think. Um, I'm not, maybe I'm older and more experienced. I, I'm not as freaked out as I will used to be, or at least freaked out for other people to pass yeah. that's what life does i mean that's where we what happens and it's not as as frightening and and just watching it and unfold and her own business and and calls and stuff like that i know what it takes to get the job done i'm not going to be the guy that stands in the way like ah, that, you have to be home at yeah. five every night or you yeah. can't you know, <laughs> yeah. home, man. because i was an on-call worker when we met too i'm not as much anymore yeah but, I mean, she's on call 24-7, but I was till 10 o'clock at night. So we understood that extra phone was the work, yeah. what we did. And, and so it was an understanding and it, it, for a while. I don't have to be on call as much anymore. And so I understand it. I don't understand the 24-7, but I understand that what's got to be done and, and everything. And so it works out that way. I know a lot of people that are like, how do you cope? And I'm like, I just love her. I don't know the job i, I mean it, I, it's yeah you understand it and, yeah and you know too that for her own good and everybody's own good it can't always be this way she's got to get it to where it isn't that way for her yeah. for her yeah. herself you know so it's just and it will it's and good. you you know we all understand that so well yep. it's, it's just uh i mean to get people to work in the industry you gotta have the right mindset she's got it but not everyone follow suit like that not everyone's had that passion since they were a kid to do that and so it's hard yeah. to find those people and so i i, I, yeah. I mean i get it and 
if I wasn't extremely wrapped up in my profession and my world and everything, yeah, I could probably do a lot of the, I would probably go work for if I quit tomorrow, but I'm not doing that anytime soon. Uh, I like the technology world is, is treated me well so far. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, man, I'm going to thank you for giving me your time on the show. Thank you. Thank you, man. DJ Jazzy Rude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Friends, I don't know if you caught it in the interview. Aaron's younger sister, Tia, has been my partner, girlfriend for the last nine years. And it was really hard to ask some questions that I knew the answers to. But I did learn a lot about Aaron's younger life. And Aaron and I spoke a little about being bullied as kids and how we overcame it and how it made us who we are today. I truly do feel bad for the kids today because bullying doesn't stop when you leave school or your team or you just walk away. It keeps going on via social media. And I even heard of adults bullying kids of other adults they don't like. That's crazy. That is just so crazy. I really have enjoyed the freedoms of social media and being able to reconnect with friends and family and the, and the instant information I can acquire. But I do think it's time for stronger regulation and consequences for bullying, stalking, and the spreading of information via social media. But hey, that's just me. On to the next episode. Thank you.